listening to NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. All right, happy Tuesday afternoon. It is July the 13th. Thanks for tuning in to NL Newsday. Now, as I mentioned there, during the weather forecast, you know, we're still under this special air quality statement. It's been in place for a while, and I feel like it's going to be in place for a while still. Looking at the air quality index, we're on a 10 plus right now. We're breaking the scales here. Very high risk when outside right now as a result of the air. So, what exactly does any of this mean to you or I? Well, to provide a little bit of context here, I'm pleased to welcome to the show now environmental studies professor at Thompson Rivers University, Dr. Michael Mehta. Michael, how you doing this afternoon? I'm well, Jeff. How are you? Ah, I'm doing not too bad. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time. And yeah, I think it's, it's pretty evident when you look outside that, uh, you know, it might not be the best air to be breathing in right now. So I guess just uh, right off the top, I mean, how, how concerned should people be when just walking outside for a period of time, given that our air quality index is, you know, not good? Well, you know, it looks a lot like pea soup to me. And for some reason, I've got the song Smoke on the Water running through my head most of the last couple of days. Yeah, this is pretty bad. You know, for the past five years in British Columbia in particular, our air pollution has been getting steadily worse, primarily because of, of wildfires. And, uh, you know, we have lots of different metrics to, to know that. We've got historical data from all kinds of air pollution monitors, including the Purple Air Network that I set up in part in the region. We have satellite data. We have provincial monitors. You name it. So it, it's clear that this is something that people need to be aware of and to uh, take heed of. Yeah, what what uh, you know is the concern for for just us as individuals? Like, if I'm sitting outside, if I you know get off work here today, show ends at six o'clock, I want to go home and you know have dinner outside. Is that something that's advisable, or should I really be limiting how much time I spend outdoors? Well, limiting is pretty important. Uh, it's cumulative exposure that counts, you know, and it really raises some questions about how we think about our, our respiratory health not only during wildfires, but throughout the year. I mean, one of the reasons why we're, we're more prone to these uh, episodes and we're seeing more adverse outcomes because of wildfires is because we're exposing ourselves to more kinds of air pollution for longer periods of time earlier on in life and throughout our life course. So I think we really need to have a, a life cycle kind of approach to dealing with air pollution so that when these things happen, they're not as dramatic. So... Uh, you know, it, it, when you talk about, you know, limiting exposure, I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to get a grasp of if I spend a lot of time outside, is that something that I should immediately be concerned about? Or does it matter your age? Are there other factors to take into account here? Or should I just be looking at that air quality index and saying it's high right now? I better just stay inside and turn my air filter on. If you look at the air quality index, you'll see that it's broken down based upon uh, various kinds of groups. So sensitive groups, obviously people who are compromised uh, with uh, lung function or have heart disease, generally speaking, older people, younger people or um, uh, pregnant mothers in particular, really have to take extra precautions when out in this stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's okay to expose yourself to a certain amount of pollution in a, a very conscious way, recognizing that there are ways to reduce your exposure. So, for instance, in your home, and we've got it in our house here in some rivers, you should have some really good HEPA filtration systems in place. You can get these floor mount units. They can knock your air pollution down dramatically, especially when you're sleeping. Don't have the windows open. That would be a big mistake. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when you're outside, you know, if you're uh, doing anything and the levels are this high, you need to be outside, 
wear a an N95 respirator mask, one of the masks with a purge, they can knock down your exposure up to 80%. And I think we're kind of used to wearing masks now thanks to COVID, believe it or not. And, and people should have that in their, their toolkit as well. Yeah, absolutely. So just to, to dovetail on that, I mean, you mentioned the N95s, the ones that have that little respirator in them that do make a difference. But I'm assuming that surgical mask or that non-medical mask that people have been ha- carrying in their pocket for the last year plus, is that going to do anything for you? Sure can. Yeah, it's better than nothing. It can knock, uh, according to studies, about 20% of your exposure down. But um, it's not enough, you know, especially if you're going to be doing anything that, you know, requires exertion. Definitely don't go for a jog. Don't ride your bicycle. Uh, Yesterday, I was really rather disturbed to see uh, children from a camp outside for hours in that air pollution. And, you know, children are really susceptible to air pollution. Their lungs are still developing. They uh, have taken a lot of pollutants. And there's a lot of evidence that showed this can have long-term impacts throughout their life. What, what kind of impacts? Does that like help you develop like a, a COPD or like what, what does that long-term exposure do? COPD is certainly on, you know, in the horizon for a lot of people. That's a much longer course of events. Um, typically asthma for younger people, mm. and we know that that's an epidemic in many respects. But there are also a lot of neuropsychological disorders that are now being linked to air pollution, mm. including you know, ADHD and autism and all kinds of things. And, of course, we know that it can impair learning and memory. Uh, so, yeah, you really got to protect your young ones in this. Interesting. Um, so what do we need? What What is it going to take here to, to start seeing our air improve? Is it a matter of winds shifting and starting blowing things away from us? And, and here in Kamloops, I guess specifically, starting to see that wind blow the smoke out of Kamloops. I mean, there's smoke everywhere around us, it feels like. So no matter which way the wind blows, I think we're just getting smoke from a different fire. At least that's how it feels. Uh, maybe it's going to take precipitation. Is that what we need or, or how are we going to get rid of this? Well, I think you're right. Definitely, there's fires all around us, and we happen to be a perfect collector <laughs> for smoke. You know, we're, we're a bowl, yeah. and, of, of course, we've got these weather patterns that are very stable um, and are likely to remain in place for a long period of time, which will keep the smoke here. Precipitation often reduces smoke load temporarily, but if you've still got fires going, as we do, uh, it's going to continue. So, you know, I think um, the lesson for a lot of people is how to, how to survive this. I mean, we know from fires in California recently, as recently as last year, that uh, thousands of people died because of smoke exposure over periods of time because of this. And we typically don't think of that. We tend to think of, you know, the mortality associated with wildfires as you know, being in the past, which is obviously a terrible thing, as we've seen. But People actually, more people die from smoke exposure from these kinds of events, even when they're not right near the fire, uh, than anything else. Interesting. And that's what we have to protect ourselves from. Yeah. No, that's uh, something definitely to keep in mind. It's definitely not something I would be thinking about on a regular basis, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a good little tip there. I appreciate that. Uh, I think that's all I have on my question list here for you, Michael. Anything else uh, to add before I let you go? Well, I think people can also be a little bit proactive, and they they should read the air pollution monitors. I'm really going to recommend Purple Air. It's a network that I set up in Kamloops. There's more than 30 sensors all around. If you go to purpleair.com, you'll find it. And you can decide, based upon the readings that are very specific to that location, what you you want to do and when you want to do it. And we found, for instance, that sometimes the levels of air pollution can be quite high in places like Aberdeen, for instance, and lower in other parts of the city, and vice versa. So use that information to decide what you're going to do. If you're going to go for a walk in a park, pick your park according to where the pollution levels are lowest. 
And I'm just, I just pulled it up right now. So if I'm looking and, and the red dots that are there, the number inside is just the, the lower the number, the better the air quality? Absolutely. The lower the number, the better. The circles that are um, fringed with uh, a black outline, they're indoor air pollution monitors. So they, you, sh- you shouldn't really take those into, your, into consideration. Perfect. Well, that's a nice little tip. I'm definitely going to start using this more as a resource. So I appreciate that, Michael. Thank you so much for the time. Uh, really, really uh, you know, interesting stuff there. So thanks for the tips. Thanks for the advice. And thanks for the conversation. Thanks, Jeff. Take care, everybody. Yeah, you too. That is Michael Mehta, Environmental Studies Professor at Thompson Rivers University, speaking to the air quality that we are dealing with right now in the Kamloops area as a result of these wildfires. And yeah, the Environment Canada, of course, still has that special air quality statement in place. And when you look at the air quality index right now, we're breaking the scales 10 plus right now. On a scale of 1 to 10, we are above 10. So very high risk. And yeah, this is a pretty interesting little tool, purpleair.com. You can just go around, look at the different areas of Kamloops. If I look right now in downtown Kamloops, uh, you know, about a 168, 170 is the air quality there. And then I look at somewhere like uh, what's going on in, in say, lower or upper Sahali right now. It's 174, a little further up the mound, 157. So maybe a little higher up, you're a little bit better, but... Either way, these are very high numbers. It doesn't seem to matter where you are. Rose Hill, 154. Uh, Juniper Ridge, 174. If you look up in Sun Rivers, 157. There's nowhere that seems to be in a really good place right now uh, in terms of air quality, and that is not a surprise. And that's why we have an air quality statement in place right now. So bust out those masks. They do make a difference. If you have an N95, that makes an even bigger difference from what Michael was saying there. So few little tips and tricks, and yes, avoid being uh, overly exertive outside right now. I think that is probably a, a very important tip for everybody to keep in mind.